The regular season is over, and it's time for the most exciting part of the year, the NFL playoffs. Although there's no top five this week, there is a forfeit for the beach bum with the worst record since week 11. That and a whole lot of excitement here on episode 8 of the Beach Bums podcast. Playoffs. It's time for the road to Miami, and no one is more excited than the two beach bums basking in this beautiful weather in these amazing do-or-die wildcard games this weekend. But first, let's review last week and how we got to where we are in the playoff standings. Mm -hmm. The Titans won, erasing all that wildcard confusion, the AFC wildcard confusion that we had last week. No fun. Yeah, check that out. If you haven't checked out our previous seven episodes, go... Oh, you have to. Yeah, you have to check it out. It's now on Apple Podcasts too, so anyone on any, any device could go watch it. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. All of the above. Now, they secure the number six spot. That's mm-hmm. the Titans. So the Steelers, Raiders, all that confusion that got out of the way. Patriots laid an egg in Foxborough against the Dolphins. <laughs> and they lost home field advantage. Shockingly, we yep. both picked the Patriots in that one because I think everyone did. Yeah. Um, and because the Chiefs beat the Chargers, Chiefs jumped to number two. Patriots now play on wildcard weekend. And that's going to be a Saturday game mm-hmm. in the NFC. I know you're wearing your Eagles shirt. Fly, Eagles, fly. They get the fourth spot. In a win over the Giants, Cowboys. They're going to shake things up. We'll talk about that a little later. The Seahawks lost by one inch, giving them the fifth seed instead of the three. And the Niners claim the number one seed in the NFC. And the Packers win locked up home field advantage in the number two seed while all the other teams stayed pat. So right now, NFC standings at number one, the Niners. Number two, Packers. Number three, the Saints. Mm. Number four is the Eagles. Five is... Why am I forgetting this? This is blanking out on me. Five, They're actually playing this weekend five. too. Seattle. Seattle. They're Seattle. Seattle. It's so confusing because Seattle's eleven and five. You'd think they'd have they'd be higher in the standings. Yeah. Whatever. So Seattle's five. Six is the Vikings. Now mm-hmm. in the AFC, number one is the Ravens. Obviously, I mean one of the top teams this season. Maybe, maybe the yeah. top team this season. At number two is the Chiefs. Number three is the Patriots. Four is Texans. Five is Bills. And number six. Are the Titans. Mm. So those are the playoffs as they stand this weekend. Do or die. It's it's just one game. That's all. That's all anyone ever needs to see which team's better and which team moves on to playing on the road against the number one and number two teams in their respective divisions. Now we're gonna we're gonna well Leo's actually gonna yeah. talk about before before we dive what, into all the playoff what happened. Stuff. You know what happened after that? Yeah. Stressful let's week. dive into after everything that happened. For the you know we're gonna talk a lot about these winning teams that are having fun in the playoffs. Let's talk about the teams who didn't. Some of the teams that didn't make the playoffs and some of their decisions they made. Um, starting with the Browns. Uh, boy, what a season it was for the Browns. People were talking playoffs. Some people were talking Super Bowl for this team. They had the talent for it. They go six and ten. Uh, Browns fans. Freddie Kitchens is fired. Like all of you thought was gonna happen. I'm sure you're happy. But uh, it came with a price. They also fired John Dorsey after just two seasons. Yeah. After he compiled this this team, which is talent-wise cr- pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Baker. I know Baker regressed, but I mean, he still went out and got Odell. He got Jarvis. He got these. He drafted well. He got Miles Garrett before you know the Helmet Gate. Is there but, is there an up for the Browns at this point? I mean, I'm, this looks like a pretty good team on paper. Uh, I mean, if they can get a good coach, but I've. It's, tough with the Ravens in that division. It's really tough. tough. Yeah. Yeah, and the Steelers and the Bengals are going to get better. Right. They're about to get Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow on there. Yeah, on their shoes. Anyways, moving, staying in the AFC, then we're going to move AFC South. 
Jags fans aren't happy either. Doug Marone is going to stay, actually. is going to be the coach of the Jaguars going forward. A lot of people thought he was going to be fired. Um, now, moving over to the NFC East, Jason Garrett is not fired. No, no, no. The Cowboys are moving on from Jason yes, Garrett. Yes, moving forward. Moving right. forward. Oh, yeah. Sa- <laughs> it sounds like they're still keeping him. Like, it's, it, sounds the- like, it sounds like they're going to let him like come to the locker room like be the mop boy. Right, like, exactly. Like, yeah. Come on. Like, you fired him, okay? He's, he's an incompetent coach. Like, you fired him. Jason Garrett's finally gone for 10 seasons. Only one, like, I, I don't know stat off the top of my head. I think it was one or two playoff games. Was not good. Was not good. Um, now moving, staying in the NFC East, the Ra- Redskins are doing something good. Yes, finally. <laughs> finally. Finally. Ron Rivera is officially the head coach of the Redskins, and bringing in, he brought in one of one of the underrated head coaches, let alone defensive coordinators. Yeah. Jack Del Rio, I think, is a, is a great choice for DC. Yeah. So they've got, you know, they've got, there's finally something going up for the Redskins. I think this, this is going to help them out trending forward to have this solid coaching base. And finally, AFC West. Your Chargers are going to keep Anthony Lynn after the disappointing season, which I think is the right move. Um, it was one season. I mean, Tom, season. Tom Telesco talked about it, uh, the GM for the Chargers. Obviously, they were disappointed, a little angry with how the season went. But that's a great team on paper, and there was a lot of close results. I don't think it's on Anthony Lynn. I think it's about finishing games. And Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. that, that's the big thing. The Chargers have the sixth pick in the draft. Will Tua fall there? Will Justin Herbert fall there after his great uh, Rose Bowl performance? We think, know yeah. we know Burrow will probably go number one, but with, but with Baker going number one a couple of years ago, you never know anymore with the draft. Very true. Uh, so those were the coaching changes. That's what happened last week. Now I'm going to ask you this, Leo. Mm-hmm. We both predicted Ravens Saints, and obviously uh, as the su- our Super Bowl prediction last week. It's only been a week, a little yeah. less than a week. And the Ravens played their backups, and the Saints killed the Panthers. But does anything change for you with your Super Bowl predictions, with the standings and the seedings as they are right now? <laughs> Absolutely not. The, the Ravens' backups beating the Steelers says a lot. Says a lot. And the Saints absolutely demolished the Panthers on the road. Now that these these teams look full steam ahead for for their playoff runs, I have no doubt. As much as I like to say, oh, let's put the Eagles in the Super Bowl, we're not going to make the Super Bowl. It's going to be Saints. It should be Saints-Ravens, barring anything uh, kind of crazy, in my opinion. What are you thinking? So we've talked a lot about the fact that how do the Saints have the third seed mm-hmm. with their outstanding record. That might be the one thing that might hold me back a little bit is the Saints don't have a home playoff game. But yeah. I'm not worried if... The road, if the road to the Super Bowl goes through Santa Clara and the NFC, I mean, watching the C, uh, the Niners in December going three and two, not really playing the best football. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised I, if it's Saints Niners in Santa Clara. I'm taking the Saints in that one. Mm-hmm. Now we got to watch out for the Packers. That's true. So that's the one thing the Packers have such home field advantage Lambo, that yeah. exactly that if the Packers end up in that NFC Championship or if it's Saints Packers in the divisional round. Watch out. That's all I have to say. I still have Ravens Saints. I think they're the yeah. best two teams in the league, but you gotta still wait to see. Uh, that's a really good argument. If I if I had to like say like my sec- if I had a second pick, it would most certainly be Packers Ravens. Right. It, unless you know, I mean, last week almost lost to Lions. Almost lost the Lions too. So, so it's it's looking a little shakier in the NFC for the Super Bowl pick. Right. Without a doubt. Yeah, because you never know. The seedings were all iffy last week, and you mm-hmm. just you never know. Now to the best part of this podcast. <sighs> We're in episode eight, and we've been talking about this record check where the winner of who our predictions gets to, or not the winner, the loser of our predictions 
Or the winner gets to watch the loser yeah, suffer. Uh-huh. But the loser has to give a 30-second spiel about how much they love the team they hate the most. Mine was the Raiders. Leo's was the Cowboys. And as much as you know about Eagles fans, they hate the Cowboys so much. And guess who won? I was up by one game going to the last week. Ah, I won by three games. So I won the record check. Remember, we weren't doing postseason. This was just week 11 to week 17 because we started in week 11. Mm-hmm. Leo. 30 seconds is on the clock. You give your talk about how great the Dallas Cowboys are starting right now. Well, while I wait in my uh, offseason, happily with Jason Garrett finally fired. Thank God, Jerry Jones. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's still an elite running back. Um, and you know what I can do in the boredom while I wait for the season to start? I can put my VCR in and watch some Michael Irvin Super Bowl. <laughs> And, you know, remember, because, you know, next year, we them boys, throw up the X. Oh, shoot, Des isn't. Never mind. Don't throw up the X. Um, you know, we them boys. We're going to win next year. Zeke, pay Dak, Jerry. Let's go get Lincoln Riley. Go Cowboys. Wow. I mean, I like how you, I like how you kind of worked around it with the whole, like, uh, the whole throwback. Because I think every Cowboy <laughs> fan wants to think about the past mm-hmm. rather than what they have now. I threw in the VCR so, joke. Yeah. Right, right. So, uh... <laughs> We're going to be doing that every season that we have this podcast, every season that we do NFL football. Obviously, we'll start with week one next time. The fact that we started these podcasts week 11 mm-hmm. is why we yeah. only have eight weeks in the making. But that was Leo's little talk about the Cowboys. I loved him I saying it. we when he was talking about the Cowboys. That makes me very, very happy. Oh, <laughs> now, we're going to head into wildcard weekend because this is, clip that. <laughs> this is the most important part of, you could say January... It may be the sports world because obviously MLB hasn't started. NBA is mm. heading to the all-star break. With the NFL, this is like this is road to the Super Bowl. This yeah. means everything. This is one of the biggest events in sports. And it all starts with wild card weekend because these wild card teams, not just the wild card teams, the teams that they're playing against could easily make the Super Bowl. I know we yeah. talked about the Ravens and Saints. Guess what? The Saints are playing this weekend. So watch out. You never know what's going to happen. There could be some surprises. There's been surprises in the past. We're going to start in the AFC. This is the Saturday games. Number five seed Bills. Number four seed Texans. Mm -hmm. Now, Will Fuller is a long shot to play. It'll be Tredavious White against DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to be a great matchup. White tied for the interception title with six interceptions. Hopkins over 1,100 yards in the season with seven touchdowns. I mean, this Bills D. 44 sacks and 14 interceptions. They can pressure a guy in Deshaun Watson who hasn't really played well in the playoffs. He's had, very a, true. He's had some great regular seasons in his third season right now. It's his third? Yes, Fourth, third, third, third season. But he hasn't Deshaun been the, the greatest playoff quarterback, especially last year when they had a game at home against the Colts. And now you're playing a Bills team who's coming in hot. They had rest from last week. They mm. didn't really play any of their guys because no. they locked in at the fifth seed. I know Deshaun Watson, this is his... Uh, his regular season stats. 4,000 yards, 26 TDs, 12 interceptions. 12 interceptions kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. That Bills defense, they fly. I mean, you didn't expect it from years before. No. But the Bills defense is always kind of... They've always been they, rowdy and... Right. It's usually been the offense that struggled. And I know Josh Allen is a gunslinger. I know he likes to throw it downfield. And sometimes that causes concern because he can get a little inerrant in with his throws. Mm-hmm. But you got a guy in John Brown, over 1,000 yards on the season, six touchdowns. He has a consistent receiver 
Finally, last year, last year was top receiver, 652 yards and 56 receptions in Zay Jones. Jones. That's not, that's not going to get it done. I know they didn't have a great season last year. This is a newly revitalized um, Bills team and they have a consistent receiver and Josh Allen is just a better quarterback. Two picks in his last 11 games. I know he has nine on the season, Mm -hmm. but he's been, he ended the season strong and I think he's going to go into the playoffs strong. It's tough to not pick the Texans at home because I did that when the Titans played them. The Titans lost that game. I'm not talking about last week. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a couple weeks ago, couple the, weeks back. the AFC South decider, and I think it was week 15. But I'm going to take the Bills in this one. I don't trust the Texans in the playoffs. I don't care if J.J. Watt comes back. I think wow. Josh Allen is a better quarterback. Not, I wouldn't say like if you had to start your team, I'd pick Deshaun Watson, yeah. of course. But I feel like Josh Allen is going to have a better game because it's like almost like prime time mm-hmm. playoffs. I feel like Deshaun Watson will stumble. I have the Bills taking this one. I don't think they're going to go very far in the playoffs, but I had confidence in them to win one game. And now seeing their opponent in the Texans, I have even more through, confidence. Through so opponent. I'm taking the Bills over the Texans. Yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm curious. So before we start recording, you said you. Th- is this one of the games you thought you knew who I was going to pick for, or is that coming up later? I thought it was this game. So, so I'm curious before I say anything. Who Texans. Do you think I'm picking? I thought you were going to pick the okay. Texans. So let's start. Let's let's. I'm not going to. For, I'm not going to say anything on that right now. Let's let's analyze this game from an offensive and defensive perspective. This is a, a strength and a strength versus a weakness and a weakness. True. In the fact that the Houston Texans high flying offense is playing against the rowdy Bills defense, mm-hmm. and on the other end, if you flip side it. It's the lackluster Houston Texans defense versus a lackluster Bills offense. So this game will honestly probably come down to: Is Josh Allen going to step up, or is this defense, or is the Houston defense going to get some stops? If you know, if you looked at it from a broad perspective, JJ Watt rushing two, back from a three to four month injury in two months, yeah. he's not going to play that much. Will Fuller is a long shot to, to play. And first of all, like uh, like you mentioned before, the Bills defense is elite. Devils Devin Singletary has kind of blossomed this year. He only has 775 yards rushing, but he leads the league in yards per carry over guys like Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, has been quietly in MVP talks the entire year. Uh, like you mentioned, Josh Allen has, you know, he's still that athlete. He still has that dual threat rush ability. He's had some fourth quarter comebacks this year, and that's why I'm going to pick the Bills. I think wow. that I'm not going to pick the Texans. I know how much I like Deshaun Watson, but this defense is just too elite. They want this too bad. Buffalo hasn't won a playoff game in, oh my God, how long? They want this. They need this game a lot more. And I just think this defense is going to completely stifle, uh, like, not completely full Texans offense. It's going to be a close game, though. Like, don't get me wrong. This is going to be probably lower scoring. And it's prob- it probably will come down to a field goal or, like, a last-second possession. But I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to win this game for the same reasons that you're looking at them. And you talked about that defense of the Bills. The Texans have given up 49 sacks this season. I don't think Deshaun's going to be protected. And then if the Texans have to go in the air a lot, that means they have to rely on a guy that struggles in the playoffs instead of a guy in Carlos Hyde who has 1,000 yards rushing on the season. Because Carlos Hyde, he's averaging 13 carries and 45 yards in five games against top 10 teams in the run. And the Bills are number 10. So you know that it's going to be all on Deshaun Watson – and he's facing the fourth-ranked pass defense. Uh, yeah. 
Bills, we both agree, are going to win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans win. And to be honest with you, both these AFC games, I wouldn't be surprised if either of these teams wins. And that's why we're going to head into six versus three. Titans, New England. Now, usually I'd be like, are you kidding me? In Foxborough. Yeah, I know. They're facing the Tennessee Titans. Like, New England's going to win this game. Hold it right there. Pats have lost four of their last eight. They beat the Eagles, Cowboys, Bills, and Bengals in that span. Mm-hmm. But against the good teams, the Eagles, Cowboys, and Bills, even if you, even if you want to call the Cowboys good, which I don't, I don't. Um, they've beat them by seven or less. Sony Michelle, I get it, 912 yards rushing. Wow, do they have a rushing attack? No, he hasn't rushed totally for over don't. 100 yards in any game this season. I get it, Edelman has over 1,100 yards. But you've seen that Patriots receiving core. I haven't. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, there is no receiving core. Brady, pass rating of 88. Yes, I can give you 24 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. But this guy, pass rating of 88, his completion percentage is down. I don't care how your stats are over the season. I want to see how accurate you are. I mean, I get to the 7th-ranked offense and 1st-ranked defense. I understand that. But you're going against an elite team, which is crazy to say in Tennessee. It's true. Tennessee is on a roll. Derrick Henry... Five of his last six games, over 100 yards rushing. Averages close to 20 carries. I mean, against a good running team, the Patriots are kind of stifled. I mean, think about the Ravens. Ingram had 115. Lamar had 61 just a couple weeks back. The Mm -hmm. Titans can do exactly that. Derrick Henry had 32 carries and 211 yards last week. And that, that, and that, that gave that, him the rushing that, title. That shut us up. We're like, oh, Nick Chubb's your rushing leader. And then Derek Henry's like, what did you, what, did you say, Beach Mountains? And I he mean, just blew, blew it out of the water. I could it. say so many things. Tannehill's a pass rating of 117.5. Are you kidding me? What, what a 117.5. I'm proud of the guy. As I just, Titans are probably going to pick off Brady because Brady's been a little lackluster in the passing game. As long as the Titans don't give up sacks and protect Tannehill, the Titans can take this one. Now the reason, and I, I, I want, I want the Titans to win this one. I do. The reason I'm taking the Patriots is because it's Foxborough in the playoffs. They're gonna lose to the Chiefs in the second round. I think that. Uh, but yeah, the reason I'm that, taking yeah. the Patriots is because it's Foxborough. I think they're gonna show out in the fourth quarter. It's gonna be a really close game, low scoring game, but close game. I want to take the Titans. I have no balls. I'm taking the <laughs> Patriots in this one because they're the New England Patriots. Just like my. Favorite head coach, Dougie P, and his questionable fourth fourth down to go for it. I have the sack to take the Titans, and I will take the Titans in this game. Okay. Derrick Henry is too much of a monster. One way to beat great teams, like we've seen this, I, I can't remember what game off, game off the top of my head, but if you, like, if you want to beat the Chiefs, say, like with a better offense than defense, if you pound the ball and take up time of possession and just don't allow the opponent to like get that many possessions in the, in the first place time-wise... It's a great recipe to beat them. And, and that's exactly how the Titans play. And even when they don't have to play like that, they have a guy like A.J. Brown this year. We're, we're talking about him for Offensive Rookie of the Year. 52 receptions and a 1,000-yard season, 8 TDs. This guy is legit. He's already proven he's legit. And I think he's going to prove he's legit in this playoff game. Because if you get Derrick Henry going, and he already, he already racks up a touchdown and maybe like a 75 yards, Tannehill fakes it on a power in a power form. You have eight guys in the box. You have Brown on a nine route. Yeah. That could be an easy touchdown. We've already seen that happen this year. Now, I get it, okay? I totally understand. I've, I've been watching football for years. I've been alive in the Tom Brady era, okay? Foxborough, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick is something dangerous. But it has to end sometime. 
and I'm picking it to end right now. That I'm 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 putting it down right now. This this Titans team is gonna do it. It's gonna be close. I'm not saying it's a blowout, but I think through Derek this this complete offense, this elite offense, honestly, of the Titans that they like you mentioned earlier that they're gonna do it. Is this the end to uh, if if the Titans win? Is this the end of uh, New England's dynasty? I mean dynasty when saying. Will they have a chance to win next year? Or you think it's over at this point if they lose to the Titans? I'm not super ready to say that. Jump okay. to that yet? Right. But it's it's close. It's going to be close. Right. It, we're getting there. Okay. Now moving over, and we're going to move jump to Sunday. Now those are Saturday games. Those are both close. This is probably the if we out of all four of the games, we would say this is probably the easiest one for us to pick by far. By far, it's a Sunday game. The six seed Minnesota Vikings, ten and six, are going to to uh, the Superdome. To face the 13-3 and three New Orleans Saints, like we mentioned, the fish with the third seed. Still feels weird to say that out loud, honestly. Yeah, third, third seed, New Orleans Saints. Um, honestly, in, in, in the AFC alone, you could argue overall in the NFL, no team is hotter right now in coming to play us than the Saints. If you, could, you could argue that. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, like we mentioned, nabbed the NFL record for passing touchdowns in a career, 430. It's, right. it's still, you know, you could still, it, he might not end with it, seeing how season Is it four, at least 450? 450? I think it's about 450. I might be wrong. I don't know. But yes, he has the, he he has, has the record. He has the record, he has the record. Where it is right now. And he also, fun fact, in that same game, got the record for single single game completion percentage. He, he had like 30, I think he was 29 of 30. 29 of 30. 97% Jeez. completion percentage. Whew. And Michael Thomas, who we'll definitely be talking about later, yep. 149 receptions, breaks Marvin Harrison's single season reception record. And he's just on a tear. This offense looks crazy. A little hidden. Jared Cook is looking like a really great grab. He's, I think he's had like four touchdowns in the last two games. He's, he, I thought that was a great grab at the beginning of the season off from the Raiders. Um, we're talking about offenses. It's funny because we talk about Kirk Cousins and, you know, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. They're the, they're the dead middle-ranked total offense at 16. I would have I thought they'd be higher because they've definitely been leaning on their offense this year. True. And we're going to talk about – I'm going to talk about a little bit more right – Right here, if we're looking at injuries, Mackenzie Alexander is their cornerback, too. He's ruled out. Xavier Rhodes has, is having a horrible, horrible year. So you have, you're down one good cornerback. You have one that's looking lackluster. You have another one on IR who's already out at the beginning of the season. And you have to face Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees. <laughs> Taysom Hill out Taysom of the, back Hill, Hill, yeah. the backfield, yeah. Drew Brees is six and one at home in playoff games all time, and the only loss was we the the one that they hate to talk about. Rams fans love the PI call last year. Yeah. Yep. So there's only I only see this ending in two ways. Okay, Saints blowout, or we see a Saints shootout because the Vikings offense is potent enough to the team of the 49ers. This game will be similar to the 49ers Saints game, but I see the Saints winning that too. That's the only two outcomes I'm thinking. I'm obviously taking the Saints. Cam, what are you thinking? Same. I mean, there's nothing else to say. You said it best. Uh, no team is hotter than the Saints right now. I think that makes – I think a lot of people might discount the fact that if you're hot going into the playoffs, that means nothing. No. It means a lot. The Vikings, they've lost – I think it's two straight because they played their back – or they played their backups toward the end of the game. Mm-hmm. They lost 21-19 to last week. But that Packers loss, I think, says it all. You're at home. And you lose 23-10 to 10 to a team that relies on Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers only. Yeah. Well, guess what? The Saints don't just rely on Drew Brees. They, they, no, have a, they, they don't just rely on their wide receiving core. They don't just rely on their defense. They don't just rely on their fans. I mean, they have, they have everyone behind them. And they have 
a top offense at like at every single position. You mentioned tight end Jared Cook, wide receiver Michael Thomas, just even even their running game and Alvin Kamara. I just there's so much you can say about the Saints, and there's no reason the Saints should lose this game. And if the Saints do lose this game, I think everyone would be shocked. I think people would be more shocked if they lost in the than if the Patriots lost. Oh, 100%. Because the Patriots didn't end the season strong. Brady doesn't look that good. Saints ended it strong, and Breeze looks like Amazing. a top-two quarterback in the league. Maybe 100%. the MVP if Lamar Jackson didn't become one of the best quarterbacks and running backs in the league. Yep. <laughs> I'm taking the Saints easily. I don't think this is really going to be a game. It's a morning game, so if you fall asleep and accidentally don't wake up to watch it, I wouldn't kick yourself over that one. Nah. Now, the game I would kick yourself over is the next one. Woo. The last one of Wild Card Weekend. Seahawks-Eagles. This is mm-hmm. an injury game. I mean, the Eagles... Ertz, Lane Johnson, Nelson Aguilar, Miles Sanders, Jalen Mills. You said Sanders will play. Sanders will play. But there are a lot of injuries on that Eagles side. I mean, they have ended the season strong. They needed to win four straight, and they did, did. to overtake the Cowboys. Now, with the Seahawks, they're missing their three-headed monster in the backfield. Procise, Penny, and Carson. Now, yes, they do have Beast Mode and now Travis Homer. Yeah, but... Uh, but the, the Seahawks are, they're just, I don't even know. They're depleted. Mm-hmm. I mean, they looked okay against the Niners last week, and they probably should have won that game. But at the same time, the Niners haven't looked that good. No. So the Seahawks not ending strong. The Eagles have ended strong. Now, the Seahawks are 7-1 and one on the road in the regular season. So I think that does mean something. And I mentioned the Eagles are coming in hot, winning four straight. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz has been hot. I mean, Seattle, they don't really have a rushing game, but Russell Wilson has been hot. Yeah. So two hot quarterbacks in an atmosphere that is probably one of the best in the NFL in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. especially playoff Philadelphia. Ooh. We realized that just a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, this is tough. I got an Eagles fan next to me, and I'm, I'm picking the Seahawks. I'm Ooh. picking the Seattle Seahawks because I told myself that the Eagles need the Niners to win the game against the Seahawks last week because if the Niners have to go to Philly, I think the Niners win easily. Mm-hmm. Now, if the Seahawks have to go to Philly, which is what's happening – I think it's going to be a closer game, but I still think Seattle's going to win because of Russell Wilson. I mean, the Eagles, they have a lot of injuries, but they've shown that that's not going to stop them. Mm. Russell Wilson's going to have a monster game. Like Hollister or someone is going to show up for Seattle. And I don't think the Eagles put enough points up on the board to go against the Seattle team. And I say watch out for Beast Mode. I think he has a good game. This is going to be an extremely close game. It's a toss-up. I'm just throwing a coin up in the air and (laughs) betting on the Seahawks because it landed on tails. I'm going with the Seahawks (laughs) over the Eagles. Whew. All right. Um, Just a hot reminder for any of you Carson Wentz haters, if you're still on Twitter, um, because you need to get off. Um, In his last four games with his wide receiver one being Greg Ward, uh, here's his stat line for you all. 300-yard average. Just 300 yards. 68 average completion percentage, which is higher than Russell Wilson's total season one right now. Yeah. 7 to 0 TD to INT ratio. Seven oh, that's zero. good. <laughs> and two game winning drives an yeah. OT drive and the, the Redskins drive. Mm-hmm. That's Carson Wentz in the last four games. He's hot, just hot as his red hair right now. He's playing. <laughs> now, I'm going to dive a little bit more in those injury updates. Zach Ertz, I can't believe he's going to play. There were reports of like as a lacerate, he lacerated his kidney a bit. He has like some bad ribs and stuff like that. It sounds like he's gonna play. Lane Johnson is questionable as well, but probably won't play. Um, Nelson Aguilar, I don't care that you're out. Um, <laughs> the the more interesting thing comes with the Seattle Seahawks. Dwayne Brown has already been ruled out. That's their starting left tackle in the year. Um, Michael Potty, who's their like near Pro Bowl level guard, 
on the left side as well is not practicing the entire week. So the Seahawks might Russell Wilson might be out with his without his entire left side of his line, which is going to be scary against guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and this fourth fourth third overall ranked rush defense. Yeah. Who instead of having to face Chris Carson, who was like a thousand yard rusher, Rashad Pen- Rashad Penny's resurgence as you know his second year. It's they have it's to face a six a fifty round. year old that's still eating Skittles. Yeah, yeah. and six rounder. Yeah, so homer, yeah. this game is very interesting. I even as an unbiased fan, I think this is the hardest game to pick of Wildcard Weekend. I agree, just because of all the. It's just it's just there's so much playing into this. Like you mentioned, Seattle is seven and one on the road, already winning in Lincoln Financial Field once, which is crazy enough. And I'm just gonna throw the just for Dell's advocate because I am the Eagles fan. Russell Wilson has 4,100 yards on the season, 31 to 5 TD INT ratio. If he, he, uh, L, he, both these quarterbacks, it's the great, it's interesting thing, have proven this season that they can elevate the play of whoever's around them through this season. And I cannot wait to watch this game, and I cannot wait to watch my birds win. So I'm picking the Eagles. I don't think anyone was surprised with that. No one is surprised. That's, that's why I got to just throw it at the end. But, but I'm going to pick the Eagles. I'm yeah. glad that we. Our picks differentiate with that one because you mentioned it, it's the hardest game to pick. Mm-hmm. It's a toss up. Like I said, I threw up a coin. Uh, that's that's and I all. With fandom, exactly. So. <laughs> so that's all we needed. Now those are the four wild card games. I know we can't wait for the divisional matchups. Then we got the championship matchups and the Super Bowl. It's in Miami, which is kind of funny because. I don't think Miami should get any credit, except if you're a Chiefs fan yeah, and, yeah, and they give you the number two seed. Um, but that's going to be a great Super Bowl. Probably good weather, which is good for mm-hmm. both teams. I mean, I don't think any team in the snow is going to complain over some good weather in the Super Bowl. That's true. Uh, so that's going to wrap up our picks, our analysis for, we could say week one of the playoffs, but obviously it's just the wild, wild card, card round. Weekend, yeah. Um, and uh, next, we do not have a top five like we uh, said in our intro, but we do have our regular season awards. That's going to include Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and last but not least, MVP. The, you know, all of your picks might differentiate from us, but we're going to mm-hmm. give you some stats on why we have these picks. Uh, and yeah, that, that's going to wrap up Episode 8 for our prediction and analysis sections. Next up, stay with us is the Beach Bums NFL Regular Seasons Award. This has been episode eight, and it's not over yet. The not best over, the, the best part, the what you're gonna we're gonna give out some awards. People love awards. I mean everyone's fighting hardware. for a Super Bowl. It's true. So yeah, bring out the hardware. We're gonna take a short break and we're gonna give you our regular season awards here on episode eight of the Beach Bums Podcast. It's hardware time, whatever you want to call it. You could call it regular season awards. You can you can call it trophy time. I don't even care. I mean, everyone's want. fighting for a Super Bowl. These are just kind of elementary at this point. Maybe except for MVP and Coach of the Year because I, I have a feeling all these players, which most of them are in the playoffs, would rather win a Super Bowl yeah. than get these awards. But we're going to give out hardware nonetheless. Offensive Rookie of the Year, we'll start it here. There's two guys, in my opinion, Josh Jacobs, A.J. Brown. The mm-hmm. reason I'm giving it to Josh Jacobs is I think A.J. Brown is the case of a little – it's a little too little, a little too late. Because he, he picked up the pace when he had Ryan Tannehill, and it was towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But Josh, Josh Jacobs has been good all season. 242 carries, over 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. I mean, it's shocking that this guy's a rookie, and he really transcended the Raiders' playoff hopes, even though they didn't yep. make it. So I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs as my offensive rookie of the year. I'm going to roll with Josh Jacobs, too, only because it's Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think when it comes to the Rookie Awards, they don't factor in as much where the team finishes. 
True. You know, it, it, that's kind of a thing transcendent of the sport too, like basketball, yeah, basketball, baseball, that kind of rolls with the same way. If it were player of the year, I would definitely factor in the fact that A.J. Brown's in a playoff game. True. And Josh Jacobs isn't. But I, I definitely think 1,000, 1,150 yards from a rookie on not even 250 carries is crazy. Crazy Agreed. productive. So I would give it to Josh Jacobs as well. Moving on to the other rookie, uh, Nick Bosa. I don't think there's much – there's no one else I in my mind that I, might, I would even consider right now. He's just been a monster back there for, 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 the, for Niners. the Niners. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got nine sacks, 32 solo fumbles. Not fumbles, sorry, tackles. Jeez, that would have been crazy. He might be defensive defensive player of the year if he had 32 fumbles. I just – I honestly don't see anyone else that you could pick right now, for, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, I'm going with Bosa too just because of his impact on that Niners team. A team that was 4-12 and 12 just a year ago mm-hmm. now finishing at the number one seed at 13-3. and three. I mean, without that defensive line, I don't think this Niners team would be where they are. And Nick no Bosa is a big part of that. Now, Offensive Player of the Year. You – I mean – there's an obvious one, Michael Thomas. Yeah. 149 uh, receptions, 1,725 yards, Crazy. and nine TDs. You could say your runner-up is CMC. is the third player ever to have over 1,000 receiving and rushing yards, mm-hmm. 19 total touchdowns. The reason I'm going to give it to Michael Thomas is because he set that new single-season reception record. And that's a big one. I mean, not a lot of players even get above 120. That's Marvin Harrison had 143 for a while, and people were like, that's never going to be broken. Very I mean, true. when was the last time you heard of Marvin Harrison? It was a while ago. Yeah. And the fact that Michael Thomas beat it by six receptions, I mean, he's having an amazing season. If Christian McCaffrey, I just, there's nothing Christian McCaffrey could have done. I mean, a thousand and a thousand. Mm-hmm. I just think because of Michael Thomas's impact on that team and the fact that he broke that single se- uh, season reception yard and those 1,700 yards, the Saints needed all of it and because they had a lot of close games yeah, in New true. Orleans. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas, but Christian McCaffrey's very, very close. Yeah, and I'm just going to apply that logic that I just used with the rookie awards. This is offensive player that we were talking about. Michael Thomas is currently playing for the third-seeded 13-3 Saints in a playoff game. Christian McCaffrey is going to take a nice seat on the couch and watch his division rival play. With, and he, I understand that he did all that he could, but you have to factor in the fact that the that the Panthers didn't even finish five hundred. Yeah. on the year they don't even have their uh, their coach from the nope. beginning of the year. Ronald Mar- Rivera's in DC now. Now moving down, defensive player of the year is definitely another two headed horse. If you think about it, there's two yeah. clear ones: uh, Stephen Gilmore, uh, six ints, two t- two TDs, two pick sixes. He's been one of the, uh, unarguably a top five cornerback this year in 100%. the NFL alone. Um, but then you look. And and he is like we said before with these teams how where the teams finish this is his player of the year. Patriots are in the playoffs. Yep, they're, number three. They, they're the three. They're also the third seed. They have a home playoff game. But when you look at the other guy, T.J. Watt, his Steelers barely did not make the cut. Yeah. To make the playoffs, so you have to factor that in. But looking at T.J. Watt, my God, fourteen and a half sacks, eight forced fumbles. That's the craziest one to me. Yeah. Eight forced fumbles and two ints. Uh, and and one little note, if you want to mention for you Bucks fans, something nice for you guys to think about right now. Shaq Barrett did have nineteen and a half sacks. That's the sack title, most ever sack, like just the most ever sacks in a yep. single season. So, you so who you're taking? Who are you taking? I'm going to take T.J. Watt because fourteen and a half sacks and eight forced fumbles is crazy good to be. Yeah, I, but I, I understand the argument that uh, that Gilmore should make it mainly because those because because he's been elite. From the cornerback position and two pick sixes is pretty great. Right, uh, I'm gonna go T.J. Watt too. I mean, I was thinking Shaq Barrett because 19 and a half sacks is insane, but he doesn't really have any other stats on in the other departments. Mm-hmm. T.J. Watt eight force fumbles, two interceptions. You talked about it. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, 
he did tie with the interception title, two pick sixes. I just I struggle with giving it to a cornerback that only has six interceptions. I get it. You don't get targeted as much if you're a great cornerback. Mm-hmm. He actually didn't get targeted a lot. I'm pretty sure he is the – was it him or – no, no, no. It's someone else. It's a guy on the – I think it's like it's it's Tredavious White. I'm Tredavious talking White is the where he's targeted cornerback. No, no, no. He was the only cornerback to never have a touchdown on him all oh, season. Oh, okay. So Tredavious White had also a great season, but Gilmore has had made more of an impact. If you look at his other statistics, the reason I give it to T.J. Watt is his impact off the edge. Eight forced fumbles. Are you kidding me? And if we're talking about like this, how the Steelers' season has gone, their offense has been their offense was in shambles that entire year. Their defense was the reason they were even it saved playing them. for a playoff, and that all comes back to TJ Watt. Right. So I'm gonna in his leadership. I mean, as a um, as a young player, we're both going with TJ Watt now. Coach of the year. This is tough because mm-hmm. there's a lot of good coaches. You look at the playoff coaches. I mean. There's a lot of guys you can give it to, especially like John Harbaugh, fourteen and two. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about coach of the year and you look for the years previous and the players that they had, coach of the year has to go to Kyle Shanahan. Oh, Last year, four and twelve. This season, thirteen and three with the number one seed. <laughs> you saw, turnaround. you saw when the Niners beat the Seahawks. He was hugging John Lynch, not just because of the number one seed in the playoff, but he's going to get paid. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. I mean, how do you even turn a team around like that? This team started, what was it, 9-0? 9-0. 9-0. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, great player. But he, that, Kyle Shanahan gave hope to that entire team, to the entire, you know, to the entirety of San Francisco. I mm-hmm. mean, as a young head coach to do that, I don't think there's another person you can give coach of the year to because of the impact he had from last year to this year. Mm. Now, do you agree with me, Leo? I agree with you. I'm just gonna play a little bit devil's advocate for other uh, other li- listeners that aren't, you know, Niners fans. Um, Sean McDermott is a name that comes to mind with uh, how he's turned around. He did a similar thing with the Bills, not to the same extent, but he has the Bills looking a lot better. I may even I may even throw in Doug Peterson because of the way he turned around the Eagles at the end. You, there's a there's a bunch of coaches you could look at. John Harbaugh you mentioned, but Kyle Shanahan is the clear favorite. I mean, four and twelve to thirteen and three. That's a crazy turnaround. Right. It's a crazy turnaround. Now, moving to the final award. And if, you, if you've been listening to us as we've been going through this NFL season, which you should be in the first place, right. you already know who we're going to say here. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like everyone has to pick the it's same obvious. one. It's obvious. To us, it's obvious. It's Lamar Jackson, all right? Now, I'm gonna, this is interesting, though, because if, if you look solely at stats, then Lamar Jackson really doesn't look like an MVP from a pure quarterback perspective, all right? 66% completion percentage, not the best. Only 3,000 passing yards. That's a thousand less than who we I would argue is the runner up Russell Wilson or maybe Drew Brees, um, but then you go to TD INT ratio thirty six to six, passing crazy crazy and and then you throw on then you have to throw on seven extra touchdowns because he rushed for ten of them forty three total touchdowns and then make sure to throw in twelve hundred yards because he rushed for twelve hundred yards on the season for a total of four thousand three hundred twenty seven yards. Give him, give him the hardware. I mean, there's nothing else I need to say. You have to. Uh, yes, Drew Brees. Yes, uh, Russell Wilson. But Lamar Jackson, I mean, 43-27 total yards. That's impressive. But a lot of guys are throwing. I mean, Jameis Winston threw for 5,100. Mm. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, you said 36-6 TD to INT ratio. Mm. He's a top 10 running back in the league, and he's not even classified as a running back. Nope. That's scary. And guess what? His team is number one in the, NFC, or in the AFC and before Week 17. Yep. He didn't even 
this total could go up if he even played in week 17. So this guy didn't even have to play the final week. And his team's number one in the AFC. Probably the Super Bowl favorite. And he's a top 10 rusher and passer in the NFL. Lamar Jackson needs to win this. I feel like this is a case of last year where we all knew it was Patrick Mahomes with 50 touchdowns in the air. We all know it's Lamar Jackson. Give Lamar Jackson the MVP. And that's going to wrap up episode eight. We gave out our hardware. We gave out, we uh, talked about our predictions and our analysis. Me and Leo, we all both went with, oh no, actually you went with Titans, right? Mm -hmm. So I picked the Bills. Leo went with the tech or went with the Bills as well. We We both went Bills. Um, I went Patriots. You went Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked. We both picked the Saints. Yep. And then we disagreed on the Seahawks Eagles game. You went with your Eagles. I went with the Seahawks. So a lot of toss ups. There's one game that we agreed was a you know for sure matchup: the Saints, Saints beating the Vikings. This is going to be a great wild card weekend. I can't wait. I mean, think about the top two seeds in both the AFC and NFC. Mm-hmm. You got guys like. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Patrick Mahomes as the quarterbacks as the number one and two seed. Divisional matchups are going to be insane, but guess what? These matchups are going to be insane as well. So stay tuned for the Saturday and Sunday games. We can't wait. I know all of you guys can't wait. Mm -hmm. And stay tuned for episode nine of the Beach Bums podcast as well. It's around the time that we're heading back to Syracuse. Probably right before we head back. So we'll probably get you the podcast maybe a little earlier depending Mm -hmm. on the time we leave. But it'll definitely be up. Now this has been episode eight. I'm Cameron Izaire. I'm Leo Silverman. And well, enjoy these wildcard games because you know the Beach Bums will. Oh, okay. Right. And we'll see you next week.